Welcome back to another episode of Being at Work. I'm your host, Andrea Butcher, and I'm so grateful to be able to bring the story to you today because it's a story of a dream being realized, stepping out with big, bold faith, and seeing the opportunities and the challenge. Angie Whitestone is the publisher, president, and chief executive officer of Hope Magazine. But what you really need to know about Angie is how she decided to step out in faith with her dream of creating a lifestyle magazine for today's inspiring woman. And one thing is certain, she's illuminated by her passion for life, inspiring women to live dream and inspire their ways to greatness. And you know what? She is living it, as you will hear in her story. Listen in as we talk about empowerment, leading through the challenge with faith, knowing that you're learning a lot in the process. Started in 2005, but then the actual thought of doing something to empower women started in 2000. It will start at the 2005 mark. It was 17 years ago, actually, that my grandmother passed away in January of 2005. And then in a few months later, my dad died in March. And, you know, I realized it was just something clicked at that moment that said life is too short and you need to get busy living. And so I was just content with just this ordinary life, the day to day of working at Ball State. And I just really thought that that was it for me. And that was, I was just, you know, my mindset was just stuck there. But something deep down inside kept telling me, you know, it's bigger. You have to, it's, it's more to you. It's more that you need to accomplish and more that you need to achieve. So I said, well, I want to empower women. I always enjoy empowering women. I love inspiring women. I love the whole idea around sisterhood, friendship, and all that good stuff. And so I set out to do a newsletter to target 50 to 100 women. That's it. I just wanted to do 50 to 100 women. I never thought that I would, you know, fast forward so many years later that, you know, I really would have an audience of over 100,000 women, you know? And it was just a passion. It was just something I just wanted to do, you know? So, you know, that we hear stories like that all the time and I definitely fall into that category. <laughs> Was there just that, like this, you said you've always loved empowering women. How was that showing up at that time? And how did this idea of this newsletter come to be? Well, you know, at that time, I, you know, was heavily involved in my church at that time. So I did a lot with the women's groups and the um, young people and all that good stuff. And I, it was always interesting hearing other women's stories and social media wasn't, wasn't even a thing, you know, think back all those years ago. You know, so, but a lot of people were into, you know, getting on the whole Google and, you know, all that was really huge at that time. <laughs> I think Ning was the thing. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Ning, but Ning was the thing. <laughs> well, back then it was all about, everybody was doing desktop publishing. So, you know, I had a little side hustle going with doing newsletters. I was doing envelopes and business cards <laughs> and all that. So I um, put together a four page newsletter just to, just to, to mail out. <laughs> Who was your audience? Well, my audience were the women that I was, quote unquote, familiar with. My girlfriends, people in the, the women's groups at church and women that were maybe 
out of town that was affiliated with the church. So I was definitely cool with being in that that community, staying within that box. <laughs> well, and like you said, I mean, your initial goal was 50 to 100 women. So you had your list, you mailed out the newsletter. What kind of response did you get from that first distribution? It was overwhelming. I remember it going out to this, that first distribution. And one of the girls from the church group, she was actually from Tennessee. She was from the Memphis area. And she was from Memphis. And she remembers seeing me at a conference years ago, years before rather. And she told me, she's like, girl, she said, it's bigger than this. It's bigger than it's the, it's the magazine that you talked about. And I was like, Oh, why did she bring that up? <laughs> and it was. And so it was her calling me and sending me an email. And t- well, first emailing me, then say, can we talk? And just having that conversation to say, no, girl, it's bigger than the 50 to 100 um, women in the newsletter. The newsletter looks great. It's beautiful. Well done. However, it's really a magazine. So you you had had a vision of the magazine. I did. I did. I had had a vision. It was in 2000 to do a magazine. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I was just intrigued by the whole, just, I love, I've always loved magazine, anything, putting it together, newsletters, or just, you know, this that whole publishing thing. And I had sat down with the gentleman and we talked and he shared about the ins and out of publishing and everything. And, and, and in my mind at that time, it's so easy how your mind tells you, oh, well, you can't do that. You don't have a degree. You can't do that. You're not qualified. You're not equipped. And, you know, I never forget even sharing that with my boss at that time in 2005 when I said I was going to um, start a magazine. And I had shared because she was real good friends with a few ladies in um, the, the journalism departments and stuff like that. I was like, hey, I just want to meet him. And then I remember a person telling me, well, how are you going to do a magazine? You don't even have a degree. And that, it was at that moment when I just spoke up and said, well, you don't need a dream to follow your dreams. You don't need a degree to follow your dreams. If it's just in you, you can just go for it. And that was the first step of me really having confidence and faith in myself. Because mind you, what I haven't shared is that I didn't really have, I had lacked confidence and self-esteem. I had lost who I was at that point. I didn't know who I was. And so I was using, this was the beginning of me and my journey of healing and finding out and discovering who I really was and what I was really capable of doing. You don't need a degree to follow your dream. I love that. That's my favorite quote so far. (laughs) No doubt there'll be lots of others. So when did you officially launch the magazine? So you're doing this newsletter. It's picking up steam. People are really appreciating it. When did you decide, yeah, it is bigger than this? So in May of that year, I started doing all the research and everything. So it wasn't until actually the summer of 2006 is when I reached out to everybody and was knocking on everybody's door (laughs) and saying they was either going to say yes or no and just emailing everybody you could think of. And I connected with my first guest was uh, of the amazing gospel family of the Winans family, and that was Cece. And she said uh-huh. yes. And, you know, she said yes to be on the cover. So your first magazine had Cece Winans on the cover? Yes, the first one. Oh, my goodness. 
Well done. Yes. I mean, and then the next cover was just like everyone. I was like, oh, well, they're going to either say yes or no. And so the next cover was Kirk Franklin's wife. Next thing I know, I'm on an airplane. This, I think this was probably my second time ever flying in my life. You know, I'm in this little small little mindset and box, never been through the airport. They don't know how to maneuver in the airport by myself. <laughs> and I was, she said yes. So they, and so I said, well, I got to meet my cousin in Dallas so she could take me to their house so we could do this big photo shoot. So that was the first creative. <laughs> I had no clue about styling, creative stuff. Next thing I know, I'm going through two gates to a gated community and to Kirk Franklin's house. And it's still, this seems, it doesn't even seem real today that I was just, just moving, just with confidence and belief at that time. So clearly it struck a chord and a need and the magazine did really well and continued to grow. It did. It really did. It, it really it really took off. And it, with CC on the cover and then Kirk Franklin's wife, it was 50 to 100 women. Next thing I know, I have 7,500 women. And then not only do I have this massive newsletter, this opt-in newsletter readership, I had all these subscribers. And I still had no clue what I was doing. I was like, well, what am I supposed to do with all these people that subscribe to the magazine? So I had to learn everything, you know, crash course about how to become a magazine publisher. <laughs> that might be the next book. <laughs> I love it. Well, but you did it somehow. You did it. You stepped into it. And, and, and I suspect it was that passion around, I mean, you started the show with you just, you really wanted to empower women. And so you had this real clear drive to do that. I did. Because we all have stories, you know, regardless of where we come from, where we've been or just, you know, our makeup, our family structure, infrastructure, whatever, we're all the same. We have the same challenges. You know, we're the, the mothers, the, the, the aunts, the, the sisters, the BFFs, you know, you know, we have great relationships, we lose relationships, and we all have that in common. So I thought, well, why don't we put, I put a, 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 a magazine together that shares all of our stories. And at that stage, I didn't really want to share mine, but I could inspire you to share yours. So you can tell your story, my story through you, you know, yourself. And because I was still okay with being in the background, because even through that, I was still shame, still had a lot of shame that I was dealing with. A lot of things about self-worth and, you know, even though I Lead, I was still battling all these other things that I had to navigate. I mean, that's who we are today. You know, 17 years later, we're all still trying to navigate something, whether it's, you know, um, a goal you're trying to achieve. It's just a lot of things. Well, and I know you've had some challenges you've had to navigate with the magazine. You, you've told me a story about a couple of years ago, a blessing in disguise that it was such a major challenge. Oh, it was. It was, you know, you trust people and and to believe that they can help you. And it was during the time, you know, I was really a vulnerable, you know, situation. And it was during that time when I had dis discovered that this group of people really wanted to take my magazine, just wanted to just take it. And 
basically told me to hand it over. And I was like, hand it over? No, we're not handing anything over. But it, that was that was really eye-opening for me is to think, you know, invite someone to your platform and to empower them to grow and to you know, give them a position. And yet still, it's just like they want to stay up, want to take it from you. And so it taught me so much. And that whole incident taught me how you have to protect yourself. I mean, this is a lot of things, how you have to protect yourself, protect your vision, or as we sometimes say, protect your baby, you know, protect what you have worked so hard for. But then it, it opened up so many other opportunities because I realized, hey, this is a good opportunity for me to bring hope home to Indiana, to the Midwest, because there's so many women here that have incredible, fabulous stories, such as myself, that they need their stories showcased through the publication. We need to see their lovely face on the cover or throughout the magazine. So it was in that instance that showed me, let's bring it back home. Yes. So there was an opportunity that you turned down. Yes. You mean in that opportunity then? Yeah, I did. I did. I turned that down to, to bring it back home. What was challenging in that for you? The challenging part was realizing that business is never personal. I think I had to get my personal feelings out the way and to really hone in on the infrastructure and to even take into consideration and evaluate everybody that comes to be a part of your vision or be a part of your organization or establishment. It's very important for you to really vet that person and to make sure that they are in alignment with your vision. Yeah. And I know you've talked about how that really taught you to hone in on your focus, that through that you determined you needed to focus on, focus on hope, the name of the magazine. Exactly. I did. And it wasn't about, it was just, it was really interesting because I realized that it was that the group of people had ulterior motives and everything. And I was like, no, it's always about hope. It's always about uh, women sharing and, and empowering. And so that really brought me back there. Yeah. So challenging situation that ended up being such an opportunity. And you strike me as someone who is very abundance mindset that you naturally see the good things and the challenges. Is that the case for you? Oh, you nailed it. <laughs> that is me. I always see the, this could be the worst situation, but I, it's always a lesson. It's like I, I often ask myself, I just actually got out of a situation uh, last month and I'm thinking, okay, okay, what's the, what's the lesson? What's the lesson that I need to learn? Okay. How, how do I not repeat that and be able to see the good? That's so good. Cause that keeps you then from ugh, spiraling, doesn't it? It keeps you from going negative. It really keeps you focused on what am I learning here, which is so much more positive and actionable. Where does that come from? I mean, has that always been your mindset? I think it comes from my mom and just my family. But I think of like 90% of it's just who I am. It's just, I mean, I think I often say it's a blessing, but it's also a curse. <laughs> But I love seeing the good in everyone, you know, because we live in a world in a society where it's easy to just, you know, be negative. You know, it's really easy to be negative. But I think if you dwell on so much of the wrong and the negative experience, it really, it really takes from you. So 
You really have to do everything you can to protect your peace. Well, and it's also just wasted energy, isn't it? Because it doesn't help the situation, <laughs> complaining about it, talking negatively about it. I've gotten better. I used to be 90 days and then narrowed it down to 30 days. And now I can get a week or now I can just shake it off in a day. <laughs> I'm going for instantaneously. I want to be okay. over it immediately. <laughs> That's a good one. Like, okay, I'm not I don't know. I've also, though, because I'm like you, I am such an optimist naturally. And, but I think the challenge in that sometimes is that I can skirt over the tough feelings. So I also have to pay attention to, like, okay, how am I feeling? Where do I need to spend some time processing this so that I can really let it go? Paying attention, isn't it? Just paying attention. So tell us about the magazine today. So this was just a couple of years ago. You decided I'm going to bring the magazine back to Indiana. I'm going to focus on like the original intent. What are you really excited about with Hope Magazine today? What I'm really excited is that 2021 was uh, amazing to be able to have so many stories of women being shared here in Indiana and not only in Indiana, but the Midwest. And I still have not only that, I still have so many women outside of even the in the United States still supporting the magazine. But what was really exciting is being able to bring the pages of the magazine to life. And we were able to have a few magazine mixers this year where we had a, we celebrated the women in the pages as well as on the cover of the magazine. And we came together and, and ate and the last event we danced. <laughs> But it was just awesome to be able to empower those women, you know, to do the whole photo shoot and just to get them really involved and this really show them that the star that they really are. No wonder you're so passionate about it and energized by it. It's so aligned with who you are and what your mission is and feels so purposeful. If you could go back, you know, you, you started the story with the year 2000 and what happened with your grandma and you really just questioning Am I living my life to the fullest? And then in 2005, the newsletter began. There was always this vision of this magazine. And look at you today. Like the vision is playing out. If you could go back to those early days, is there anything you would do differently? I always think that's a good question. But I wouldn't change anything because I think all those whatever experiences, I mean, I think everything made me who I am today. A lot of them weren't best. <laughs> you know, it was times when I, I remember it was on the newsstands and I had sent out 10,000, I think it was like 10,000 magazines for the, I think it was a fall winter issue. And just for the distributor to come back and say they filed bankrupt. So I'm just like, Ugh. and you know, it's really challenging as a woman and then as a woman of color doing a magazine. You know, it's, you know, statistics, you don't really see very many women of color publishers there. And then well, I had all those um, challenges coming against me. But what it taught me, you know, uh, you shed a few tears, you're, you're upset, you cry. But what that taught me early on, a lot of challenges that I had early on taught me just to pivot. It's okay to pivot. Let's, let's, let's kind of transition. Let's change it up. And it, it happened during the time when everything fell through in 2008. So everybody went digital, so it worked. And and in that time, it allowed me to build and really hone in on the audience and to really 
understand the whole digital market. Um, then social media came. So it, uh, it all worked out. And so that's why you wouldn't change anything is because you see now, as you look back, you see how all those challenges ended up being purposeful. Right. And not only in the magazine, but because I, I definitely know it was deeper than that, but it made me a stronger woman, a stronger mom. It helped me to walk away from abuse and to get the healing that I needed to, um, to heal and to believe that I can stand on my own two feet and see my daughter and you know, get her through college. I mean, it was all those things to empower myself. And I, I think that's why I wouldn't change the thing because it made me work. I had to be, I had to really get my focus on about what I was able to accomplish, raise my, my 18 year old that's soon to be, to be a senior. Wow. Well, congratulations on the journey, on staying in it. You are such an inspiration. I mean, this is such a great story of a dream and sticking with it and seeing the challenges as opportunities and then dream realized, you know, you're living it now and you're also living the essence of the magazine. So it's personal and it's real. So, so no wonder it feels so good for people. Cause I think that's what we're all looking for is real. Well, Angie, thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing your story with so much heart and so much passion and inspiring us. And I'm so glad you kept going. I'm so glad that you followed that nudge inside of you that said, get this newsletter started. And then I'm so glad that you heard when that woman said to you, it's bigger than this. <laughs> yes. I was just like, oh, it's so scary. Still some things are scary to me. We were playing at a big luncheon and I was just like, oh, I'm terrified. <laughs> but she'll do it anyways. I, yeah. Because earlier when you were saying, I didn't know how to be the publisher of a magazine. <laughs> But you did, but you did it anyways. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.